Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Selling smoothies is what I do. But for small business insurance, I chose my state farm agent. He's a small business owner, too. So he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, we have made it to December. I hope that your Thanksgiving week was great. Uh, today on the show, Jasmine Holmes is with me and we talk a little bit about Thanksgiving because we recorded the week of Thanksgiving, like two days before Thanksgiving. Both of us were working just a tad bit, although I don't really call it work having a conversation with Jasmine because it's so great and so fun. But I hope your Thanksgiving was fabulous. And now we're in December. So if you're the person who only puts up your Christmas tree after Thanksgiving, Maybe you've done that. I hope that you are enjoying it. If it's your thing to put up a Christmas tree, I love a Christmas tree. I think it is super cozy. And in fact, because of just life circumstances, we had to put up our tree at the beginning of November, you guys. So I have been loving this Christmas tree life for a long time. I actually think it's just cozy and I enjoy it. It doesn't bother me to have it up before Thanksgiving. I'm not the kind of person that says you have to do it either way. I love a Christmas tree. In fact, what if I left it up all year? That would be fun. I think it's so cozy. Anyhow, y'all, today Jasmine Holmes is on the show, and this is her third time to be on this year. I just love her that much. She was on in February for two episodes, actually, and so we had a great conversation talking about Black women in American history that you just might not know their story. And so she has a whole book called Carved in Ebony, which I highly recommend. They also have a young adult version of that. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for a young girl, that's a great book that I recommend. I got it for Story a couple of years ago when it came out. And so Jasmine had another book this year come out called Crowned with Glory, How Proclaiming the Truth of Black Dignity Has Shaped American History. And today, honestly, we talk a lot about just why we should read people who are different than us. And as a white American woman, that is the lens that I see the world through. And it's not my fault. I can't really help it. And so how do we view lenses from other people is we read their work, we read their writings, we hear from their point of view. Uh, we talk about a book that Esau Macaulay wrote called Reading While Black, which I highly, highly, highly recommend that book. Uh, one of my favorite books I've ever read. And so it's such a great book. She gives us a ton of book resources today. And so if you're like me, I was trying to write them all in my Goodreads account as she was telling me, but I missed a lot of them. Guys, we have all of the information over at jamieivy.com. And in fact, if you haven't been to jamieivy.com in a while, check it out. Our little website over there, we got a little facelift recently. And so we have a new look, new things for you to look at. It's just a really beautiful place. But all that to say, we put our show notes up there. And so if you want to find out uh, what is this person talking about? What are the links that they use? Or you're like, what does this person look like? Uh, check it out at jamieivy.com and you can find the show notes over there for all of our shows. And if you're looking for past shows, we are in the process of moving all of our past show notes over. So slowly but surely, they will arrive. 
Now, if you're also like, I like to watch interviews. Guys, I put all of my interviews over on YouTube. And so maybe you're thinking, I could just plug this into my computer while I'm doing some housework around the house. Yes, yes, yes. Go to YouTube, subscribe over there if you haven't ever subscribed, and then it'll tell you when we have new shows up. Every Wednesday, we put our podcast episodes up on YouTube where you can actually see us. You can see me and Jasmine having our conversation. And then when we have special episodes, they are up over there as well. Friends, this week, I'm in the studio recording the audio version for my new book. A lot of people ask, are you going to have an audio version? And yes, of course, we love audio. You love audio. You listen to podcasts. Today, Jasmine and I talk even about like how many books she listens to. And I think listening to books is the same as reading them. All right, take it for what you want. But I'm actually in the studio recording my audio book, and I cannot wait for you to get that in your ears if you're the kind of person that likes to listen to books as well. All right, you guys. Here's my conversation with Jasmine Holmes. Happy beginning of December. We got this. I love it. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome back to the happy hour. Thank you so much for having me. You're like a regular co-host these days. I'm very <laughs> excited. It's very easy to talk to you. So every time your name comes up, I'm like, oh, okay, good. I can relax. We can do this. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. We can do this. Um, okay, well, we're recording this the week of Thanksgiving. Do mm -hmm. you host Thanksgiving or do you go somewhere for Thanksgiving? No, I have never. I hosted Thanksgiving one year. Um, I was saying before we started recording, I get bronchitis every year, most likely like the week of Thanksgiving. Um, and so one year we had to stay home because of that. But then normally um, we go to my husband's parents' house. Okay. Yeah. And you just show up. You don't have to bring anything. Well, if I bring anything, they will put it into the fridge and then they will hand it to me untouched when it's time to go home. Is that a true story? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Does only that hurt your feelings or are twice. you cool about it? I The first time I was like, uh, <laughs> ow. But then now, you know, we've been married for nine years at this point and it's just like, it's, I, it's fine. Here's what I think about like family gatherings. You just have to sometimes figure out where your space is and what your role is and what you're supposed to do and then just own it. Because if you got your feelings hurt every Thanksgiving, that'd be a waste of time. It'd be such a waste of time. And it's not malicious. It's just like they, they have this one, one aunt who does all of the cooking. Nobody else cooks. Like she does everything. So literally this aunt is like, I don't need Jasmine's food. Jasmine yeah. can take her food home. She's like, take your food. This yeah. is really good. Y'all enjoy it. <laughs> My mother-in-law will always like, she'll taste it. And she'll be like, oh my gosh, she'll make a big show of being like, this is amazing. And I'm like, mom, it's fine. Just, <laughs> we're just going to go home. It's She's fine. like, but you can eat this on Friday. Okay. Right. <laughs> eat it. Yeah. And I did. So this year I'm making two pies that my, um, Philip wanted pumpkin. I wanted apple. And then I love a green bean casserole. Philip is on the opposite I side. I do too, Jasmine. He hates green bean casserole. Oh. Well, he thinks he hates it. I'm like, do you even know what it is? He's like, something I'm not going to eat. <laughs> So I made one for myself and the pies. And that's like all I'll be doing. I love that so much. I Thanksgiving's probably my favorite holiday. I think I just have a lot of sentimental feelings of growing up and I like to eat. So there's always lots of food. And we would go to like my dad's side of the family where there was just like tables full of food. And it just made I me so it. happy. And I'm the kind of person who's like, put it all on the plate. And if it kind of touches and runs together, it makes it even better. Like that's how I like to roll on Thanksgiving. Okay. But right now this is coming out. Thanksgiving's already passed us while people are listening to this. So we hope everyone had a joyful Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I hope, here's what I hope Jasmine for people's Thanksgiving. I hope that there was peace, <laughs> that the, that there was no crazy uncle who said absurd things. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, What else do we hope for people in the past for their Thanksgiving? (laughs) Goodness, we hope that nobody had to set boundaries again that had already Mm. been set before. That boundaries, but if you did, that's good. Keep setting your boundaries. Good for you in the past. We're proud of you if you did. We hope that you didn't have to, though. Okay, Jasmine, um, you are just like I've talked to you before, and the thing I know about you is that you're just like creating content as if it's your job, and it is your job. So there's that. Um, You have so many projects coming out next year. You had Mm -hmm. how many books come out in 2023? 2023, two crowned with glory. Mm-hmm. And then never cast out came never out cast out. Mm-hmm. And you have three projects coming out next year. I have an Ephesians Bible study coming out in June. And that's with Jackie Hill Perry and Melissa Kruger, which I'm really excited about. Um, and then I have a another trade book coming out in July. Um, it was the part of the two book deal for Crown with Glory. Um, and that's from Baker. And then I have a children's book coming out in August about Lulu Fleming. Oh my gosh. Have you written a children's book yet? This is my first one. Okay. I tell everyone all the time is that I think writing and releasing and talking about children's book is the most fun you'll do. Like it is just so fun. I'm really excited. My sons are excited because they keep being like, my oldest is like, oh, you wrote a book we can read. And I'm like, yes, this one, (laughs) this one is for you. I love that so much. I I got just got my first like copy. It's an advanced copy of my book that comes out next year. And I brought it home yesterday and I was showing my kids. And I was like, anyone want to read it? And they were all like, yeah. And then one of my sons was like, mom, I need to be honest. Like, I've never read any of your books. And I'm like, I know you haven't. Oh, my gosh. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You're not my target audience. But, you know, know. maybe one day you'll want to read it. Um, So, so, so excited. Okay. I want to talk about reading with you. So one of the things that you do is you do a reading challenge every year. And you did that in 2023. And I actually want to tell you that I read two books this year from your reading challenge. That's awesome. Would you like to know what they were? Yes, please. Okay. I'm on my Goodreads account. Let me find them. Which I wanted to read 50 books this year. I'm at 34. I'm not going to hit it. I'm kind of sad about it. That's all right. Just go in and change your goal. Oh, I like that, Jasmine. Yeah. Just go change it. Change it to like 35. Yeah. 35 and then I'll pass it by. Okay. Here are the two books that I read of yours for that I found on your reading challenge. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling. Aww. That was it's so like a, cute. It's like a YA cute little romance book. It's so cute. It was so cute. It was so cute. It was an easy read. It was so fun. And then I read All That Is Secret, an Annalise Spain mystery. Oh, did you like that one? I did like it, and I actually ordered that. No, I didn't even order it. I talked about it on Instagram, and the sweet author, Patricia, sent me the second book. Oh, I love that. So I'm going to read it over the holidays, the second one. Oh, that'll be so good. I love a series. I love a series, too. Okay, let's talk mm-hmm. about your reading challenge. You um, Tell me the reason behind it, and then tell me, are you switching anything up for 2024? So the first year we did it was... I think 2022, I want to say. And okay. it was just me reaching out to my friend, um, Sharia Rush on Instagram. And I was like, hey, I really think it'd be cool to do a reading challenge, but I don't want to do it by myself. Um, let's think of some categories. Let's just see what happens. And it was so fun that it was a no-brainer to do it again last year. Um, for this next year, I think that we're going to give it its own Instagram page. Oh, I like that, Jasmine. I do. Yeah. And make it a little bit more like releasing content specific to that on that Instagram page and having like a broadcast channel where people can talk about what they're reading. And yeah, so we're we're really excited. And we're going to try to be, I feel like the categories were different this year from last year, but we're trying to think of even more like specific um, challenging categories to find new authors. Because I think a lot of times people read Black authors 
to learn about Black history, to learn about social issues. And that's great. And that's my area of writing in. So I hope people keep reading those books. Um, but reading about Black authors from a variety of topics and a variety of different genres is kind of what we hope to encourage with the challenge. So I'm excited. Okay. I I love the Instagram page thing because I follow you, but I will admit that sometimes I'm, I'm like, where did Jasmine post that? Where was it? I got to go back and find it. And so I think that its own Instagram, do you already know the handle that we can tell people or do you not know that yet? We don't know yet. I need to okay. see. I guess I need to see if Reading Everybody Black is available, man. That Ooh. would be. That'd be I'm going to look one. right now. Look, I'm going to help you out. Instagram.com. And then I'm going to look up Reading Everybody Black. Yeah. I think it's available. <gasps> it is available. There's hashtags and they're all yours. It I'm is a, available. You need to snag that today. I'm going to get it. I don't know how to do that right now, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it when we're done talking and then everyone can go follow it. To send it to me. Um, I, I love that idea and I think it's been so helpful. Now, I want to ask you this question. Someone might be listening and think, okay, this is great. I do want to read Black authors for social justice issues. And I do want to read Black authors about history, which is why I love a lot of your writing as well mm-hmm. on Instagram and in your books. Um, and like when, with your book crowned with glory, but some people might think, what's the big deal about finding black and brown authors? Like, Mm -hmm. can't I just read whoever I want? Can you speak to maybe like our listeners who are not black or brown, who are maybe growing up with, uh, white parents and, and their, their majority of people around them are white. Why does it matter that we kind of read authors who don't look like us? A lot of educators talk about um, books as either windows or mirrors. They either show back to us the experiences that we're having in our life and we can go, oh my gosh, me too. I'm not by myself. Or they offer us windows into other people's lives or at different Mm -hmm. points in different books, we may experience the window or the mirror. I remember reading a book in 2021 called When Dimple Met Rishi and it was this adorable love story, YA, and it was a about two um, Indian kids. And I had never read a book by an Indian author. I had never read a book about Indian experiences. So there were like food names that I didn't know. And there were cultural things that I didn't know and holidays and like expectations for arranged marriages and college and all of this different stuff. And through reading that book, I learned about a culture that I had not come in contact with in my personal life a lot, right? Like I had only come in contact occasionally in a side character on a movie or a TV show. And it was my first time being immersed into this culture of somebody who is not like me and becoming conversant in things that I would not have had to become conversant in before. And it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And it's an experience that I think that we should all pursue. I think it's so important for us to understand others and story is such a beautiful way to accomplish that. Um, so many times we we grow frustrated in these conversations about racial justice, um, unity, um, all of these things, reconciliation. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is just because we haven't taken the time to reach out for the understandable part of someone else's story and connect with somebody else's story. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. 
And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Friends, I don't know if you're looking for Christmas gifts or you just want to help build your kid's library. Maybe you're a grandmother and you want to have books at your house that your grandkids will love. Well, I have a recommendation for you with a devotional from Louis Giglio. Now, Louis has been on the happy hour before. He's a personal friend and a friend of the show. And his devotional, Indescribable, will help your kids explore the wonder of God's creation on a new level. This is a kid devotional. Engage your child's curiosity and sense of wonder with hands-on STEM activities that accompany every devotional making learning fun and interactive for your child. Each devotional book has closing prayers, which provide a spiritual connection and opportunity to reflect upon the beauty and magnificence of God's creation. The indescribable kids' devotionals are perfect for children aged 6 to 10 years old. To explore all the books in the series, go to indescribablekids.com. 
There you'll also find an indescribable activity book that came out this year with mazes, word searches and crosswords, STEM projects combined with biblical truths and scientific facts. It's the perfect antidote for boredom at home, a fun diversion on car rides, and a healthy alternative to screen time. Visit indescribablekids.com to learn more about these amazing kids' resources. I love that so much. I like it's one of my favorite things about hosting a podcast is getting to hear people's different stories and different viewpoints. And even though everyone on my show that I bring on would profess to be a follower of Jesus, I think there are just different life experiences that change the way we even see the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that one thing that I hadn't thought about, even as someone who is trying to think about these things, when I read Esau Macaulay's book, um, Reading While Black, is that the name of that book? Yes. Reading While Black. Oh, by Esau? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. it. When I read that book, um, it was like, one, I remember reading that going, wow, I there's so much that I even read. in. It was a lot about scripture. There's mm-hmm. so much that I read in scripture that I would have never realized is through my lens as a, as a white American woman. And Absolutely. Um, I think that sometimes, especially majority culture of person like me who's white, it's hard to even see that until someone shows us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so important. And I want to ask you as a black woman, you do a lot of this work to try to help educate and tell people, Hey, let's look at this through, through a different lens. Um, how is the, how is the feedback that you get from, I want to ask you from two different groups from black women versus white women. What's the feedback that you get from women when you're trying to say, Hey, let's, let's read new authors. Let's look through different lens. What is the feedback that you get? What were the two different Black women and white women. Um, So from black women, it's just fun. It's like a party. That's that's the feedback of just like this joyous experiencing of our stories. It's wonderful. I really enjoy hearing from black women because ninety percent of the time, it's just like I've I've been seen. Like I somebody somebody Mm. has noticed me. Somebody has you know remembered me. Right, and it's it's lovely, wonderful, glorious. I love it. Um, from white women, it's, it's often, sometimes it's a little bit of the same, right. Of like, a you know, you read a book like Reggie and Delilah and, you know, it is by a black author and it's about black characters, but it's still a love story. Mm-hmm. And it's like sweet and, and an opportunity to just find an experience that we so relate with, um, relate to. But then other times it's, I had no idea and I would have mm. never known if I didn't pick up this book, I would have never considered this perspective. Um, which is not, I think people think about that admission as saying something bad about them, mm-hmm. but really none of us is going to consider a different perspective unless we expose ourselves to different perspectives. Yeah. And so I think even taking the step into this challenge is really empowering um, for a lot of people to be like, oh, I can read, I can read hard things. I can read different things. I can change my mind. I can broaden my perspective. Um, and there's power in that for sure. There is power in that. And I always like to remind myself and other people and listeners is that often you don't know what you don't know until you know it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's not an excuse for, um, poor behavior often, but you can go, you know what? I didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm going to give myself a little bit of grace, but now that I know I can do better, you know? And I think that's what has always been helpful for me as well as going like, wow, I can beat myself up that I have never spent time reading um, specific authors or ideas, or I can give myself grace and move forward and keep reading them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you, you may have to look it up. You read like a million books a year. I want to ask you, what are some of your favorite books you read this year? 
Um, I read, so recently I had never read For Colored Girls before. Um, and that was an amazing experience. It's just so interesting how something that's like so old can still feel so present. Um, it's not an easy read. It is, it is rough, but it is also beautiful. And I listened to the audiobook um, and Tandy Newton narrated it and it was so gorgeous. Uh, I was introduced to a new author this year. Um, let me find his name because I keep forgetting it. It's like, I'm, I'm so bad with like when people have three names. Do you know uh-huh. what I mean? But it's William Melvin Kelly. And he was like a contemporary of um, Toni Morrison. Never had heard of him. And he wrote, writes this absurdist literature, at least the story that I read was absurdist. It's about a town, like a state in the South. I don't think he says which state it is, but all of a sudden one day the white people wake up and the black people are like leaving. And it's all from the perspective of the white folks being like, where are the black people going and where are they leaving? You know, and it's, it's, I think he wrote it in the sixties, but that was really, really interesting. Um, fascinating. And then Let's see. What else have I read? I've read so many good books this year. It's been a really good reading year. I've actually read more this year than I read um, the last two years. Um, Oh, Black Folk by Blair M. Kelly. It's about the Black working class. So good. And the audiobook is narrated by Anika Noni Rose, which is amazing. Um, I read Men We Reach by Jasmine Ward this year. Um, This is my first year ever reading Jasmine Ward, and she is incredible. Um, and she's a Mississippi author, which I love. I actually got to meet her a couple weeks ago and it was really cool. Let's see. Let me see some fiction. Um, oh, Yonder by Abari Asim. Another one that was a really difficult read. It is a kind of a speculative story about slavery um, and the and the quest for freedom. And also like this beautiful found family story in there. It starts out rough. Like the first, after the first chapter, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read. Like, uh, okay. Okay. But it's very good. Um, Invisible Things by Matt Johnson. Again, like an absurdist. These people, these astronauts are on a mission and they get caught by these, this colony of people from Earth who live on a colony in space that nobody on Earth knows about. Okay. And the colony has been abducting people for the last, like, 200 years. It's so weird, but, like, so fun. Um, Let's see, one more. Probably The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. Um, This really expansive... I think it's science fiction, maybe like science fiction, fantasy, epic. But this year I really got outside of, I really tried to read broadly. Like I really tried to like cast a wide net and have different reading experiences this year. And those are some of my favorites. Okay. I'm going to ask you when we're done to text me all those because I could not type them fast enough into my Goodreads account in order to get them down. So you'll have to send me all of those books. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So This is a question I have. I love how you do read so broadly and you're in school. um, You're also an author. Like, are you listening to most of these books? Because that's my struggle is when to do I find time to read broadly because I have to read a lot for work and then I'm also in school. Are you listening to most of these books? Yeah. If I'm if I'm reading for fun, I'm listening to it. I would say like 80 percent of the time I'm listening to it. I have had to do a lot of research reading this year and that is almost always 
a physical book and I don't really count my research reads in my total. Um, but most of the books that I share about, I have, I have listened to. Okay. And you're a bath girl like me, aren't you? Yes. Yes. So I will like put on my beats and just be in my, in my zone. Just be in your bath zone. Be I in my zone. So yes. But I always do tell people, cause I, I read a lot of books during the year and every time somebody's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I, there are purists who would say that I'm not doing it because I'm listening to them. I'm not a purist. They're, they're not, you know, so I don't, I don't make any claims, but I love an audiobook. I love it too. Um, Jasmine, I want to ask you a little bit um, more of like a serious not reading question. I keep thinking a lot as we're moving into 2024 and what mm-hmm. that's going to be like. And we've had some hard years in our country around elections and really a lot of racial injustice coming to light um, for some people. And I find myself sometimes getting a little anxious about 2024. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think I'm alone. I want to know for you, what does it look like for you to go into an election year? Like, how do you keep yourself maybe from not getting overly anxious? How do you keep yourself from getting consumed with media? There's Mm -hmm. just, even currently at the end of 2023, I mean, there's wars going on, there's civil injustice, there's all kinds of things happening and it can get a little consuming. How do you protect your own heart and mind from that? Realizing what I can and can't control um, is a huge part of it. You know, I could spiral out about so many things that are just outside of my control. And so finding little ways to do things, they're like, hey, this is, I cannot stop what's going on in X place right now, but I can write my senators. Mm-hmm. I can call my senators. Mm-hmm. I cannot stop what's going on in Y place right now, but I can vote with my dollars. I cannot put my money in this place. I can put my money in this place instead. You know, I can, maybe I can't be an authority on every single topic. I know that I can't, but I can point people to folks whose life's mission it is to be an authority on whichever particular topic. And so really it's just this triage of like, what can I do? What can't I do? What's actually in my power? What's actually outside of my power? And I am the queen of um, compartmentalization. Wow. So somebody told me the other day, <laughs> so funny. They were like, so how do you, how do you like not be a people pleaser? And I was like, I don't have time <laughs> to be a people pleaser. Mm. <laughs> she was mm-hmm. like, that doesn't help me. And I was like, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, you know, you just have to, you have to triage it. There's like, there's no other way to survive. I'm working full time. I'm in grad school. I'm a mother of three. I have a special needs child. You know, it's just, you gotta, you have to triage it or you will go crazy. And then if you're going crazy and spinning out, then you're not helping at all. Mm. Like you're not even able to do the things that are within your power because yeah. you have so, um, you have so exhausted yourself yeah. without even taking a practical step that you can actually do to help. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. 
I feel like there are certain ways, like you just said, like that compartmentalized, which is really, really great. But I kind of feel like I want to go into 2024 with some some action steps. You know, like mm-hmm. one of my favorite things is to go walk in my neighborhood. Like it's very calming for me. I'm usually listening to a book or a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I even think like, okay, I want to go into the year truly thinking about like, what are some ways I'm going to take care of myself? Um has walking been that for you? I know you started walking a lot. Tell me why and why, what is that for you? So I walk about seven to 10 miles every day during the week. Um, I don't, uh, when, how, <laughs> what? While I'm working. I do while I'm working. On the treadmill. On my, on my treadmill. It's under my desk. And mm-hmm. um, so when I first, when I had my firstborn back in 2016, we moved from Minneapolis to Mississippi when my baby was six weeks old. And we lived in a town the town that my husband grew up in, which has no stoplights and about 800 people. I lived at, on a dead-end street that backed up to the woods, which backed up to the highway. Um, we had one car. My husband took it 45 minutes into work every day. We had a tin roof. So the reception was terrible. My family lives in Zambia, in Africa. So the way that the time worked, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to talk to them a lot of time because I couldn't talk on the inside because of the tin roof and the reception was bad and and we didn't have the best internet. And it was just, I was just isolated. And so I would go out every day and for two or three hours every day, I would just walk around Pickens. And if you go to Pickens and you ask anybody who lives there about Philip's wife, they'll be like, that's the one that would just be walking up and down the street. Like just walk. And I would, I would just walk up and down the street. I would enter a uh, LuLaRoe giveaways. That was my thing. I would like, and I would go out and I would enter LuLaRoe giveaways and I would call my family and I would call my friends. I won 50 giveaways. Well, of that course year. you did. Cause you were just walking and entering. Yeah, that's like a really inter- interesting, weird thing about me. Um, and so, yeah, it's just something that I did. And I had undiagnosed pers- postpartum depression. Um, and I always say that walking saved my life. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it to try to get fit. I wasn't doing it to try to meet a step goal. I was just walking because I had a stroller and a baby and that's all I could do was just walk. Mm-hmm. And so recently I um, put our, put, I had a walking pad already and I just put it under my uh, kitchen table and I got a, a converter and I just walk. I just walk and my, I had a graduate assistantship at the Market Walker Center here in Jackson. And um, 90% of my job is to transcribe oral histories. So I have my beats on and I have an oral history going that was recorded in 1990, about the 60s. Wow. And I'm just transcribing and walking. Um, do you have an Apple Watch? I do, but I you have, have to, to put wear it. On it. Your, explain this to me. Because I, I, I still, my brain can't comprehend. You have to put it on your ankle. Right. Because if your arms are not moving while you're walking, <gasps> oh my gosh, it Jamie. doesn't track your steps. So I have like a, a converter and I just put it on my ankle. And I was wondering, cause I was like, when you go to the grocery store, you don't get that many steps. And why is that? Cause you're walking all over the grocery store. So one day as like an experiment, I had it around my ankle at the grocery store and I got a thousand steps. And I was like, wow. it's because I'm pushing the basket and okay. doesn't know that I'm walking because my hands are up on the basket. So yeah, I, I get my steps. I have a walking treadmill and I just in my new office have a standing desk like I'm standing Mm -hmm. right now and I want to do more like standing while I work. And so I just need to bring it over here, but I'm going to start walking as well. And I guess I'll need to put my watch on my ankle. That's what I do every day. Just strap it on. And and it's such a good, um, it's so good. Like my husband, I came to him the other day and I was like, 
my treadmill keeps on stopping and freezing. I don't know what's going on with it. Um, and we don't really have it in the budget to get a new treadmill right now. And he was like, we're making room in the budget. Like you need. <laughs> we see this as a priority. Yeah. He was like, you need it. You need the treadmill. And I was like, oh, I don't. He's like, no, you do. It, I love that. We have the money. Yeah. It's good for yeah. you. It's good, it's good for, you. for you. He's like, it's good for you. You're moving. It's, it's great. It's great for, I have, for my mental health, for all kinds of things. So. I have seen so much, and maybe it's because I'm looking for it more, or maybe the Instagram just knows I'm talking about it more. I've seen so much stuff this year, particularly on how helpful walking is for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and Dr. Moore goes on walks in his neighborhood. I I was listening to a podcast with Lecrae, and he's like, yeah, I love to go walk in my neighborhood to decompress. And I'm like, look at all of us walking for our mental health. It's so great. Because people used to walk so much more. Yes. People used to have to walk to get places. And when Mm -hmm. I, when I visit my family in Zambia, people are walking mile, like I'm going to walk to the grocery (laughs) store and it's not like down the street. It's like, I I remember we went on a safari one time and we were like out in the middle of nowhere. And this guy was just walking. I was like, where is he going? (laughs) I don't even know, but it's just, such a different lifestyle and way of being that I think that we've lost in our like sedentary jobs and our desk jobs. And for me, like my graduate assistantship was like, oh, I have to be at a desk for 19 hours every week. And so I'm going to walk for those 19 hours Mm -hmm. every week. That's so good. Do you know who Alyssa Keaton is? Uh, Alyssa Keaton from, she runs an organization called Revelation Wellness. And I just really adore her and the work she's doing. But she talks about how, just like what you just said, like for so many years previous to all the technology that we have, people walked everywhere. And anywhere you go in the world, I mean, when we were in Italy last summer, like I ate more than I've ever eaten and I didn't gain a pound and we walked all the time and I felt great. It was amazing. Um, But she talks about how we have people who are like, workout. So like, let's say I went and worked out for an hour every morning, but then I sat at my desk for eight hours, Mm -hmm. that that's actually not good for us at all. Even though I got my one hour workout in, I'm like sitting sedentary for eight hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she's been a super big encouragement to me. In fact, I don't think I've said this publicly, Jasmine, I think I'm going to walk the Honolulu marathon next year. Oh, exciting. You want to come with me? Come on, let's go. Let's go to Hawaii. Let's (laughs) Let's do it. So I used to be a runner. And so I've ran a handful of half marathons. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some back injuries, so I can't do that anymore. So I want to walk a full 26.2 marathon. It'll take I hours. Love I mean, that. hours. But the marathon in Hawaii, they don't shut down the course. And so for all of us walkers who are taking, you know, seven, eight, nine hours, I mean, how long is it going to take us to walk 26 miles? A lot. A lot. Yeah. It um, takes me like three hours to walk. Yeah. Seven. Uh-huh. No, like 10 probably. So yeah. So I'm, I usually am walking like 16 minutes a mile. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I'm going to go do that. And I'm so excited. That I'm going to get a marathon under my belt. I love that. I'm so excited about it. Well, I think that like we need to have a, a revolution of walking because it's really good for our mental health. It is. And it's what we're, you know, our bodies are made to be in motion like that. And mm-hmm. I, it's so funny because whenever I talk about it on my Instagram, because I am like a treadmill disciple like a walking pad i'm like you guys i'm it's so good mm-hmm. and i'll always have people be like oh like have you noticed any weight loss or like what are you how are you eating or how are you and i'm like it's not it's not about that it's not literally just about like just about mental health just about you know increasing my movement increasing mm-hmm. everything and yeah so i i'm always I, i'm such a walking pad disciple but i'm always like but i'm not a workout guru like yeah. this is just really these are two separate things yeah <laughs> these are two separate things for me 
Well, you're encouraging me. I haven't moved over my walking treadmill to my new office, and I think that's going to happen this week. So I'm going to be walking, walking in my office. I can't That'll wait. That'll be I can't so wait. good. Um, Jasmine, I always love any chance I get to chat with you. And I'm so excited about all the projects you have coming out next year. Um, the books, the kids book, the Ephesians Bible study. I mean, I just, I'm really grateful for your work. And all of us are now going to be following your new Reading While Black Reading while black? Is that what it is? Reading? Reading everybody black. <laughs> reading while black. Reading everybody black. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just totally made up a fake Instagram account. No, that's Esau's book. We were just <laughs> talking about Esau's it. That is Esau's book. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. It's, it's in my brain. It's in my brain. <laughs> uh, reading everybody black. And I'm grateful for, for all the work that you're doing. I would love to know, what are you currently right now reading and what are you loving? Right now, I am reading for school. Okay. Um, so I am reading. Um, what am I reading for school? Well, let me see. Oh, it's a famous book, but, but I've never, but I've never read it before. Um, okay. The New Jim Crow. I'm reading that mm. for school, um, and I've never read it before. So this is my this is my first time reading it. And then I have a couple of like horror books that I'm kind of dancing around the edges of. I like to be scared. Like I like a so The Unsettled by Ayanna Mathis is one, and then there's another one called The Reformatory. Um, by Tanana Reeve Do that I'm kind of I've started, but I haven't really finished. But I'm in the middle of school right now, and I'm like, once I get done, I think that I'll be ready to just dive in. I love, I love, um, yeah, I love like a thriller, suspensey, like ooh, tingly, creepy kind of read. So I'm excited about those two. Okay, I love that so much. Did you read The Hunger Games? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I'm currently listening. I'm currently reading The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the prequel. Have you read that one? I have not. I bought, I pre-ordered it. Okay. And then my little brother came into town and took it to Africa. Oh, and so it's in Zambia right now. <laughs> so it's literally in <laughs> Zambia, right? It has been for years. <laughs> well, I'm reading it because I'm dying to see the movie. And my whole family has seen the movie and they said it's amazing. Um, so, But I'm going to finish the book first. Yeah, that'll be awesome. The movie looks really good. I know they said it's really, really good. It does. It um, does. Jasmine. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy early Christmas. We didn't even talk about Christmas, but it's around the corner. So it's I'm just coming. really grateful. It's around the corner. I can't believe it. Um, grateful for you coming back on the happy hour. Thank you so much for having me. The Happy Hour is produced and hosted by myself, Jamie Ivey, with assistance from Nikki Ogden and Ashley Caldwell. And the show is edited by Jason Talley. Hey, Fidelity. Can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.